When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey, here on thesportstuff.com. Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? This is episode number 80. Uh, I don't always say the number of the episode at the beginning of the show anymore, but uh, when it's a, you know, getting to be uh, kind of another cute little milestone or so, let's figure we'll uh, mention it, especially as we head towards 100 in the coming weeks here. But um, yeah, almost forgot how to do this show, right? It's been about three weeks. Gosh, we last recorded on February 9th. Well, it's <laughs> it's now March. We're back to talk hockey, of course. My voice is a little bit cracked, still recovering from a cold, which luckily have been rare this year, believe it or not, because I've been taking all kinds of immunity-boosting vitamins. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but still one slipped through the cracks just slightly. Uh, but, hey, nice month of February for the Wild. In fact, the only loss the Wild had, they still managed to get a point coming out of things. That was that shootout loss against Calgary way back at the beginning of February 1st before the Olympic break. Of course, that's a, that's obviously why we've been away. I'm not going to sit and do Brave the Wild during the Olympic break. It's just not, and plus, just kind of needed a break. We did an overtime at work and all that good stuff. Um, I'll jump right into the Facebook page now. You'll hear the jingle later, how to get there during the breaks, but... Um, being, it wasn't very active, of course, uh, but we do have one post from a very loyal, very loyal poster and listener to Brave the Wild. His name is Mark Carlson out of Iowa, also known very well on the Purple Mafia page on Facebook. He says, I missed a bunch of games, Joey. <laughs> My family is a, is way past the blue line on week on weekends lately. I did get some time off work today and watched the Olympic women's gold match between Canada and USA. Oh man, that turned around fast. Anyway, go wild. And yes, the wild are doing pretty good and we're going to get to that super duper shortly. Only two games to review and three games to preview. We're going to do the usual three segment bit, the preview segment, or excuse me, the review segment, then the preview segment and the North Stars memory. We got something pretty cool, pretty related to what's going on. That's how I like to do that, usually, to something going on in the hockey world, or wild-related. And, of course, the Iowa Wild checkup, which I'm sure will be fairly brief as well. Ah, but that's stupid Canada. They got in the way from both the men's and the women's in the Olympic gold. And, of course, that women's matchup was quite devastating indeed. Two-goal lead with three minutes left. I mean, it's like, what more can you say? I... <laughs> It was Minnesota sports-like, I guess. 
I know I'm pissing off everybody. Oh, well, that's classic Minnesota sportscaster or Minnesota radio host. You got to be so negative on your teams. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Let's just be honest about what's going on, okay? It's just that was disappointing. And, yeah, we've been there and done that. Uh, the men's, well, they didn't score a single goal against Canada in the uh, the semifinal, you can call it. They call it the medal round, of course. Didn't get to meet Canada on the gold side this time around. Not sure why the brackets were set up that way, but they are what they are. Uh, disappointing that it was set up that way, but that's why you kept hearing people were going to... That's why you kept hearing people predicting USA to get the bronze, not like the silver or the gold. And I was like, why the bronze? you think they'd at least get the silver. I mean, or at least maybe have a good shot at the silver, we'll say. <laughs> and then, of course, they went into the bronze game, and the Mikhail Granlins of the world, and Hey Mussolini's of the world, just destroyed the wild... Or, see the wild, yeah? Well, Suter and Breezy <laughs> just destroyed the USA 5 to nothing, and they won the bronze. Congratulations to Mikhail Granlin, Mr. Bronze uh, medal winner. Koiva would have been as well, but of course he's out, and he will be returning soon. That'll be an interesting topic, probably on next show. This show coming there, this current show, well, we're going to, I guess, try to avoid Koivu for now, I guess, until the time comes. Just hope for the best, and with the, uh, the line setups, hoping that top line does not get changed. Um, well, no, great comment, Mark. Never stop posting on this page. Encourage more posters on here. We'd really like that. Always welcome, because I know because I know you're listening out there, So, and I know there's people that have joined the page already that have posted in the past. Come back and post. I appreciate all of you that listen to this show. Don't be afraid to tell a friend if and when you can, and uh, bring more people to the, to the boards so we can interact with you. That would be very terrific. All right, so let's get to the games to, uh, <coughs> pardon me, let's get to the games to, to review. As, and as I mentioned, the Wild narrowly missed a uh, undefeated month of February. Very stupid, very, very big shame that we lost that game in uh, Calgary because uh, the Minnesota Wild just walked all over a pretty lousy Canada team, or Canada team, yeah, two Canadian teams actually, former division rivals, uh, did not walk over Vancouver, but uh, walked all over the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, it's like we used to say in the past, What's a nice way to make a uh, to get an engine running smoothly again? Well, oil, Edmonton Oilers, yeah, lame, lame but true, and that's kind of what the Edmonton Oilers have been, lame but true. <laughs> and uh, three nothing Minnesota. Hey, I'm hey, I'm glad to be on the right side of one of these. Remember last year? See, we're making fun of the Edmonton Oilers now and all that good stuff. And Wes Wall sure was a was sure was sharp. Uh, in uh, which really gave them a sharp tongue <laughs> in the post game with Jamie Hirsch over there on uh, FSN North or FSN FSN is North, I believe. Yeah, no, it was F- uh, whatever it is. Um, bashed the hell out of the Edmonton Oilers, calling them basically it was embarrassing, disgusting, all that good stuff. It was kind of fun to listen to him talk about it. You don't really hear West Wells necessarily hammer an organization, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers flat out did not show up to play. They're basically already checked out. And um, he's saying that's why they keep having a, that's why they keep changing coaches. They need a complete culture change in Edmonton. Quite crazy to consider what the Edmonton Oilers were back in the day. I know the 1980s are a long time ago, and all that good stuff. But so were the Showtime Lakers and the LA Lakers. Yeah, they're having a not so good year this year, but they've always but they stayed good for so many years for so long. And the Edmonton Oilers obviously were like like in. We're like the L.A. Lakers of hockey. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable team. <laughs> Top to bottom, just so much class, so much talent, so much ability. 
And really, ever since then, other than a nice little Stanley Cup Finals run back in 2006, only to fall short to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in seven, um, it's been pretty pathetic for the Edmonton Oilers. It really has. And this night definitely did not change things in any way. This, of course, is wrapping up the month of February, both of these two games here. Uh, The game against Edmonton was Thursday, February 27th, that is. Just a nice little win for the Wild. Mikhail Granlund picking up where he left off. No Olympic hangover. In fact, there was some bronze medal pride for him scoring his sixth goal of the year. And he is an absolute candidate for the Mike Madonna Award winner. Of course, I have decided who that is. <laughs> I already have. Uh, he's right up there. In fact, I almost might change it one of these times. To just have three stars of the week. You know? <laughs> I, I may go with that because it sounds more hockey-like, I guess. But, um... Well, uh, I'm debating on that. Maybe we'll we'll get back to that later. Uh, nice play, though. Zach Parise, just an awesome pass. <laughs> kind of a centering pass. Granlund burying it for a sixth goal of the year. Spurgeon getting it to Parise originally. Parise, I mean, this is an awesome line. Parise, Pominville, and Granlund. Got to keep that line together. They're so productive. And Spurgeon, obviously, is nice setting up players as well. Just been a nice nice find for the Wild, obviously, the last few years. And this year, he's been he's certainly better than he was last year. He's been a factor all the time. Very fourth line. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about the fourth line in the first in the first period. Or first line in the first period. Now we're going to talk about the fourth line on the second goal. Literally midway through the game. A lot of names you don't really see in the box score very often. Eric Halla setting up Stefan Veyu. Nate Prosser also getting an assist on this one. Stefan Veyu's second goal of the year. Just quite a survivor in this league. Still hanging on. Fourth line player. It's kind of because it's like, well, obviously there there had been injuries to players like the Koivus and such. And at one point Granlin, at one point Coyle. But it's like, you know, Vey's just been hanging on. He's just barely good enough to be in the NHL, and congratulations to him. I actually kind of appreciate him more than I did in the past. Um, when the Wild initially called him up, I just kind of rolled my eyes earlier in the year. But there, he, he is just so gritty, so physical, and, you know, once in a while he'll give you that little bonus. The ability is there to at least to score once in a, once in a while, Right place, right time type of situation. And Eric Halla is just so, so... He's He's got a nice future in this league. He, he could be a second line. He could be a third line center. He's so good defensively. Uh, Eric Halla, you could pretty much put him on any line. He pretty much could. Probably not first, but I think second on. He could be anywhere. I mean, Eric Halla, what's cool about him too is, you know, he's the kind of guy you can put him on the fourth line and it won't hurt him. That's what's nice. You know, you're not going to get the nice stats necessarily out of Eric Haller, but you're still going to get everything. You're not going to get a guy who kind of slacks off like a uh, fourth line. Like like maybe a Zucker might not perform as well on the fourth line because you are absolutely counting on him to score. But Eric Haller does a lot of little things to go along with the big things. Uh, Mikhail Granlin has been doing a lot of little things too, where last year he didn't. Uh, much better defensive center than he was last season, and in fact last most of last year they had him at a wing and I was scared to death that he's the next uh, <laughs> Pierre-Marc Bouchard. Thank God, definitely not the case. I mean, even considering putting Granlin and Bouchard in the same sentence this season and beyond will be laughable. Where last year, it was very much a factor. It's really starting to show just what a underachiever Pierre-Marc Bouchard was because he had so much talent. A lot of people thought 
Mr. Bouchard was going to be a really nice top-line center in this league, and he never came close. Danny Heatley, midway through the third period, chipping it in. His 12th goal of the year. Another close-range goal. And Coyle and Heatley again on this second line. This is the second line, though I could see this is a third line as well at some point. Um, no, it's a second line. Uh, third, the third line's kind of like the same old names like forever, pretty much right now. Brasiak, uh, Cook, and... Um, uh, Fontaine, who was obviously a, definitely a rifleman and, and a hero in the second game coming up. Two big-time heroes in that one. We know who they are. Those of us that actually watched the dang game. Uh, Heatley, though, and again, another close-range goal. Right place, right time. 12th goal of the year. Coyle's 13th assist. Nito Niederreiter factoring as, in as well. It's like you don't want to break these lines up, man. I mean, that's the whole point here. It's not like, okay, this is who scored, and okay, yep, all right, yep, I'm just going to read the box score to you guys, you know. No, it's not about that. It's a fact, (laughs) obviously it's not about that. It's a fact that these lines are working. Um, The first line, obviously, is elite right now. Mikhail Granlin, a first line center, and it's just like, damn, just imagine saying that a year ago. And again, forgive me, my voice doesn't sound real good, because... It doesn't feel very good either right now. It doesn't sound good coming out right now. <laughs> um, but the second line is pretty good too. Uh, Coyle and Heatley, they're working out. Um, but I will continue to contest. Coyle is nowhere near Mikhail Granlin. Nowhere near. And again, like last year, you would have been laughed at if, if you heard anybody say anything close to that. Uh, having Granlin and Coyle in the same sentence last year, going coming into coming into this September, this year, September 2013, this season, by the way, not calendar year. Um, and it's just, it's not even close. It's just like a seesaw that's gone way one way. Five ring number 64, not number... <laughs> oh, I'm not, not Mr. Coyle anyway. Oh my god, I mean Coyle. God, the frustration has just been killing me. Number three, of course. I'm like blanking here. Yes, number three. Charlie Coyle, only 19 points on the season. Um, but obviously did get his uh, 13th assist there. Six goals on the year. Nino Niederreiter's been more productive than Coyle. It's just weird. And I know he had an injury, and I'm sure that's what's slowing him down, and he'll get better. And plus, he's had a position change because he was a wing all season last year, and this year he came in at center. He stunk at first, but now the second go-round, he's been better. And that's probably a big part of why his production isn't so great, but i got to hope and pray that things are going to... his production level is going to go up. He's good defensively. He's uh, he's really good with the puck, like hanging on to the puck with his, you know, obviously strong on the puck, we'll say. You can't really take it away from him because of his strength and his stick handling, but the goals aren't there. And um, that's one of the frustrations with Charlie right now. So with all of that said, Darcy Cumper <laughs> getting his, uh, Cumper, Darcy Cumper getting his second shutout of the season. Oh, outstanding. Didn't really have to face too much because Edmonton wasn't really trying, but a win's a win, and a shutout is a shutout. So that's where the excitement comes in for Darcy Comfort, anyway. So now as we quickly try to move on to the next game, a back-to-back Friday, February the 28th, of course, like I said a million times, wrapping up the month of February. The Minnesota Wild win in a shootout against Vancouver. I think I, I, think I predicted a shootout, if I remember. I haven't listened back to that episode. I think I predicted a shootout uh, win against Vancouver. I think I did. Which is pretty funny, so that would mean I was right again, which is really crazy. Vancouver scoring early, though, on a shorthanded goal with Ryan Kessler had us all quite worried. It's like, oh, this is not good. I mean, the Wild's legs are... <laughs> the Wild are going to be tired after 
you know, a back-to-back after the Olympic break. They're not going to really have their, their they're not going to be in mid-season form coming off a long break like that. Like some guys are going to be too tired. Some guys are going to be too, you know, lackadaisical because uh, they've been off. But, <laughs> hey, things continued. The Wild continued to fight and fight throughout this game. Zach Parisi tying it up on the power play. There it is, the top line again. Parisi, Pommenville, Granlund. Do we need to make Do we need to make this point anymore? I mean, I've made it enough. Other shows in this town have made it as well. I'm not trying to coattail. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing as well. It's plain as day. The production's there. Mikhail Granlund is the best center on the Minnesota Wild roster. Please do not insert me your quiver to be the second-line center. He is, or Sarah, first-line center. Please, yeah, please do make Mika Koiva the second-line center. Do not uh, need to demote Mikhail Granlin from where he is. The Pominville parisi Granlin line is elite. All right, I've made that point to death. You get the point. It's, the rest of the game was kind of a back-to-back battle. In fact, Vancouver outplayed the Wild, and understandably they did because the Wild are more tired than Vancouver. But Darcy Kumper stood on his head the entire night. And I mean the entire night. It was unbelievable by Darcy Kemper. He just <laughs> stepped up to the stepped up to the plate, step, whatever you want to call it. He stood on his head is what, really the best way to put it. Stopped 30 of 31 shots by Vancouver, and a lot of them were actually pretty good shots. That's the that's the thing. You see the quickness and the length out of Darcy Kemper, the athleticism and the length. It is a rare combination you're going to get out of a goalie. Because it seems like the tall ones are just they're just long, that's good, but they're not real quick, and then the short ones are quick, but they're not real long. Well, right now you kind of have a little bit of both because of his he's so young and, and healthy. That's where things are so awesome with Darcy Kumper. Um, <laughs> absolutely the MVP of this game in a big way. And in fact, he has never once, I repeat, not once, given up a single <laughs> shootout goal. Throughout the entire, <laughs> throughout, well, I, I, I guess only two games so far because the LA Kings, he faced four shots in that one, stopped every single one, but this time around he faced seven. Uh, <laughs> no Sedins on the shootout line, which is pretty crazy. Not understanding what was going on with that, but <laughs> you had a constant, constant <laughs> effort by Darcy Kumper. I mean, you got to think maybe one of them is going to just slide through because maybe he just missed it. Or, you know, there was just a good enough play that he couldn't keep up with it. But Darcy Kumper flat out got it done. He was he was flat out as good as it gets. I kept thinking, he didn't stop that. Yeah, they scored. He stopped it. you got to be kidding. And then the Wild, though, was the same thing on the other side. Eddie Lack was stopping every single shot attempt the Wild were getting. Uh, a lot of the moves, I thought, were not the best I've ever seen. They are either coming in too slow or coming in too quick, run out of space. Coming in too slow, which made them much more predictable for the goaltender, Eddie Lack. But then, Justin Fontaine's first shot attempt. I was just kind of like, wait a minute, Justin Fontaine, well, you know, he does seem to have that scorer's, <laughs> he does have that scorer's mentality about as good as anybody on the team, despite the fact he isn't necessarily the most talented player on the team. But if there's one thing he can do, it's score goals. And gosh darn it, he did. He was able to get behind Eddie Lack and buried it. I thought Lack got that one, but he did not. And again, this is not Roberto Luongo, is it? It's Eddie Lack. But he did a good job in this game along the way. But LaFontaine, 
LaFontaine. <laughs> yeah, Fontaine. Justin Fontaine. I'm getting Pat LaFontaine on my head because I, there was news about him this past week. But, uh, man, that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful move. He hesitated enough, got Lack out enough, and got the puck behind him. And, hey, man, und- <laughs> a nice, nice month of February. Minnesota Wild move up a spot in the postseason. They will not have a home ice or anything, but they're... Well, they're, they're significantly ahead of Vancouver now. I uh, have a shot of being <laughs> being in a good position here at least. Still got some ground to, to gain, though, if they're going to uh, catch up to Colorado and get any type of, uh, get actually out of the wild card bracket and into the regular sixth bracket for the Western Conference. But, well, every win counts. The postseason's looking absolutely like a guarantee at this point for this club, and that's the good news. We will take a break. And move on to the previews right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. It is the preview segment. Welcome back on board. Hopefully I'm feeling better, trying not to cough myself to death during the break here. (laughs) Oh, man. Calgary Flames, ladies and gentlemen, the Calgary Flames come to town Monday, March the 3rd. Minnesota Wild try to get revenge against the Calgary Flames after that, well, so what some people might call a very cheap, frustrating shootout, or excuse me, overtime loss, pardon me for this, overtime loss to the Calgary Flames, that was incredibly frustrating, and it was just so sudden, it just gave you the old uh, Jerome Ginla. You know, just gave you like the ghost of Jerome McGinley. You know, not that he's dead or anything, but dead as a Calgary Flame anyway. Uh, hit the Wild again. It seemed like every time we'd go to overtime, Jerome McGinley would score the goal and the Wild would lose. And it'd be like, whatever. McGinley killed the Wild for years and years and years. Don't miss him one bit. He can stay out east forever. <laughs> Calgary Flames come to town. I predict a victory. I think the Wilds continue. They're not a solid play. I think they get revenge on the Flames. I think as we near the trade deadline here, Minnesota Wild, maybe we'll pick up some type of stalwart defenseman out there. Would really like to get a Willie Mitchell type of player on this team. It's all a matter of how much we have to give up. I can't. I don't anticipate the Minnesota Wild giving up the farm for a backup goalie or a or a uh, stalwart defenseman, like stalwart defensive defenseman type of guy, kind of a physical anchor type of defenseman, which the Wild sorely lacks, to be honest. We have a great defenseman in Suter, but he's not the stalwart. Tough guy. Uh, Suter is kind of, or excuse me, Suter. Stoner is kind of like a extremely broke man's version of it, we'll say. 
His defense isn't that good. No, he's just kind of a tough guy. Okay, let's get back to business here. Calgary Flames, absolute sellers as we head into the trade deadline. Expect Michael Camilleri maybe to wind up somewhere. Maybe Minnesota, you never know. Um, it's a possibility. His numbers are definitely down from uh, previous years, though he is second on the team in scoring goals-wise, certainly not points-wise. Always kind of an uh, injury bug type of guy. Not Not like major injury, but... Well, he's missed about 17 games this year, so that's not always a good thing. They're a team that makes no sense. Kind of no rhyme, no reason. Your leading scorer is like in his 30s. You're not going anywhere, whatever. You know, it's just that kind of team. There's really no young, hot prospects on the team, to be honest with you. This team has a long way to go to improving. And I know some Calgary Flames fans have listened to the show in the past. Hope you still listen out there, and if you do, maybe... Give me a shout-out somehow, Facebook page or something. Um, I'd like to see this team improve. Would be very nice. Not not that I, you know, obviously I'm a wild fan, but I've always kind of liked the Calgary Flames. <laughs> I like the colors. I like the logo and all that. I like the history. Uh, I've not been happy with how, how the history's been the past 15 years or so outside of that awesome Stanley Cup run back in 04. Stanley Cup didn't win, but only got there. Um, Man, it's been 10 years already. That's weird. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I I, I just, I, I think the Wild win this game. I think they uh, win it. We'll go with a 3-1. to one. We're going to go with a 3-2 to two Minnesota in this one. I think Darcy Kumper is more than good enough against a Calgary team that can score. Uh, but they do give up goals. That's the good part, even though Ramo was, I thought, pretty good in that game against the Wild last time around. We'll see how things go this time around. I'm sure he will be in that, not uh, Barra. Ultimately, we will see, though. We will see. Uh, should be a nice win for the Wild, though. A Well, yeah, 3-2. to two. Nothing, like, it's not going to be the most exciting game in the world, but I think it's going to be the type of situation where you'll have a pretty good feel who's going to win. In fact, I might go with a 3-1 to one here because Cumbry's been playing so well. And I think the Wilder are two goals better than the Calgary Flames at this point in time. Just my opinion. Even though the Flames were playing pretty hot at the time that the Wild went there. Flames and Wild. This is the se- this is the season-ending series right here. It's a three-game series. Wild won 5-1 to one back uh, Tuesday, November the 1st. This is going to be a 3-1 to one game, not a 5-1 uh, to one game. I- do you really see the Wild winning? Or do you really see the Wilds scoring five goals? I, I I don't think they're going to blow anybody out this week. Except, well, hopefully Dallas. <laughs> or, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah. Two more games to review. Got to keep moving here. Uh, Minnesota heads to Dallas. Boy, I want to pick a win in that one. I really do. But it seemed like the Wild never win in Dallas. And the Stars have been playing significantly better. They actually might end up making the postseason instead of <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks, which would be something else. I don't think the Wild win this one, to be fair. Because we, we can't go with the Wild winning every single time. Um, yeah, the Wild every single t- every single game here. And, well, the last time the, we went into Dallas, it was a 4-0 drubbing by the Dallas Stars. I picked the Stars to win, unfortunately. And that's just kind of how it goes. <laughs> you know, I don't think the Wild win in Dallas. They pretty much never do. We do once in a while. In fact, the last time we won before... The previous time we finally did win last year in Dallas, the previous time before that was 2001. So, yeah, I'm not holding my breath in this one. We're going to go with a, uh, well, the Stars have kind of gotten better. You know, they do have a little um, thing going. They do have like the job, Jamie Benn, who's been doing pretty well. In fact, he's one of the reasons the, uh, Canada, the Canadians beat the 
United States in the the the, uh, the the medal round. So I think Dallas does score a few goals in this one. We'll go three. I'm going to go three to one, unfortunately. So it's going to be kind of similar to the Calgary game, except we'll be on the losing end this time around. We'll go three to one. The Wild scoring isn't that great. That's why I'm not picking any five goal games for the Wild right now. I'm not seeing the scoring right now, and it's kind of bugging me a little bit. You know, we only got three goals against Edmonton. That might have been that might as well have been a six nothing game with a lack of effort there. Um, with all of that said. Now notice how it went from Monday to Saturday. Yeah, Monday, March 3rd. Saturday, March 8th in Dallas. Saturday, March 8th in Dallas. That's my brother's birthday, by the way. 36 already. Crazy. Uh, Sunday, March 9th. We will preview that one now because that's probably... I'll probably be recording this show that night. That's my guess, but we'll see. Um, St. Louis comes to Minnesota. Oh, boy. You know, talk about a game I really, really, really hope the Wild win. You know... This would be quite the statement for the Wild. We've played St. Louis twice this year and lost them both. We went to St. Louis on November the 25th, lost 3 to nothing. They came to Minnesota on the 31st, and it was a 2-1 to just snooze fest. Minnesota has averaged a half goal so far this year against the St. Louis Blues. That sucks. Uh, they also now have Mr. Miller, too, out of Buffalo, Ryan Miller, and that sucks, too. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, do I? I, 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 I want to pick a win here, but I don't know. I'm, I, I don't like the schedule right now this week, and, and that's quite a uh, disappointment. Uh, Brian Elliott's been really good all year, too. That's the sad part. Uh, Halleck is now going to uh, Montreal, by the way. That's who's on his way out of... Uh, yes, what am I talking about? Halleck's going to Buffalo, not Montreal. He's heading to Buffalo... Um, Miller, I I don't know. Does Miller go in net? Yeah, I, I actually hope Miller goes in net because he hasn't been having that good a year. Brian Elliott's been very good for the Wild, uh, or very good against the Wild this year. In fact, he was in the the net those nights that the uh, the Blues basically shut the Wild out. <laughs> basically, and of course the Blues score as well. They have one stud after another: Alexander Steen, DJ Oshi, David Backus, Jaden Schwartz. Alex Pedrangelo, uh, Derek Roy, Roy, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Kevin Shattenkirk, I mean, everybody on this team can score, it seems like. They have, like, two, three lines deep of guys that can get, like, that have 30 points and up, well, uh, above 30. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Um, I can't pick a win, guys. I can't pick a win, and I'm not going to pick a win. Um, we'll go with a... <sighs> Do the Wild score in this one? That's what I hope. I hope they do. <laughs> I'll go two to one, I guess. Lame sauce, right? Talk about lame sauce. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, I think the Wild will approach this with a defensive effort, just like they did. Yeah, I think it's going to be two to one, St. Louis this time around. If the Wild go on and win this one, three to two, fantastic. In fact, I would love to come out and predict that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to. Okay, doggone it. I'm going to predict the Wild win three to two in this one. Because it seems like they have turned the corner a bit. They seem more clutch right now. Uh, and Darcy Kumper has been that good. I'm going to go with a 3-2 victory for the Wild. I, you know, let's let's give this a shot here. It's, it's time to make a statement. You're playing at home against this team. You have to win this game. I think they will view it that way as well. It's one thing if you're going there and it's a loss. Woohoo. And, well, maybe once in a while you actually do win in St. Louis. That would be great. But... It's time to win this game, and the Wild will go with a 3-2 to two victory. That will be my bold prediction of the week, we'll call it. 3-2 to two Minnesota. They find a way to score. Perhaps uh, 
Ryan Miller starts and he and he isn't that great. That could be exactly what happens, actually. Don't be surprised if Ryan Miller makes his debut with St. Louis, and it's not so great. And the Wild managed to get three goals on him, and Comfer is actually better than Ryan Miller. <laughs> right now he is, actually, believe it or not. Right now he is. Okay, long term, we'll see. I hope so, but obviously way too early to say that. Um, but that's where we're going to go. I'm going to go with a bold prediction. The Wild, this will be a statement game, and the Wild need to make it. But no, I do not have the Wild winning in Dallas. As mentioned, uh, time to go to break and time to come back with that North Stars memory and a brief checkup on those Iowa Wild. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Welcome back aboard, and I was just so (laughs) out of it. (laughs) I've been so out of it that I didn't even mention the Mike Madonna Award for the past week. It's Darcy Comfer, plain and simple, uh, without a doubt. And if we're going to do a three stars thing, it's got to be Darcy Comfer, number one star of the week, uh, Mikhail Granlin, number two, and Zach Parisi, number three, who's been a factor all the way through. Zach Parisi's been outstanding. He's been factoring in the scoring, all that good stuff. So he gets the number three. Granlin's been unbelievable uh, overall. He's been pretty much the leader of the offense right now, which is really cool being able to say that. And Darcy Comfer has is the MVP right now. Yeah. At least this past week and that performance along the way in, uh, <laughs> well, in both of the games. He was he was good enough to get a shout-out against a lackluster Edmonton team and phenomenal against a Vancouver team who is getting on the point of desperation. And they may be on the verge of rebuilding at some point, too. Yeah, because the Sedins were noticeably not on the shootout line. All right, so I do apologize for that. Just out of it, been, haven't been able to, or yeah, haven't done the show in a few weeks. And, of course, not feeling my best right now, trying my best to give you a quality show here without <laughs> botching it too much. And I really do apologize, guys, for <laughs> for this right now. So <laughs> the whole point of the show is the goalies. When it comes to the North Stars memory, you know, Darcy Comfer, the Mike Madonna Award winner, the number, number one star of the week, you know, we're going to do both, okay? Mike Madonna Award, well, yeah, I know that's kind of lame, but yeah, he'll get the Mike Madonna Award as the number one star. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I'll keep that around. Uh, James Shepard Memorial, I, I, right now, I'm not really going to pass that out this week. I, I think the Wild played just fine. They weren't spectacular or anything. I didn't see anything noticeable that I'm like, man, this guy really sucked it up this week. I'll be, uh, and I watched the games pretty closely, so nothing really pissed me off along the ways that I'm going to say that. So we'll get back to that in the coming weeks. Yeah, I, I just felt really good about this week, so it's like I don't really want to say too much negative. Okay, to the point, North Star's memory. Hello. Uh, goalies. Well, who got the most shutouts? Since uh, Darcy Cumper's already got two this two this season, and only was it only a few games this year, 14 games so far as a starting goalie for the Minnesota Wild, and other than that very first one, he's been downright phenomenal. Uh, Josh Harding has three uh, shutouts on the year. Backstrom has zero, but he's got like 28 over his career, which is insanely good. Uh, Great career. Goalie numbers, though, better nowadays than they were back in the old days. So quite impressive to see a guy like Cesar Maniago. That will be the uh, North Stars memory of this week, who has the most shutouts in the history of the Minnesota North Stars with 26. Cesar Maniago will be our North Stars memory today. 
and a definite old one. <laughs> he was a member, an original member of the Minnesota North Stars way back when, 1967, all the way up to 1976. Along the way, a very, very solid career with the Minnesota North Stars. Did not lead the way in uh, goals against average. <laughs> that was Lauren, uh, yeah, Lauren Worsley later on there. Actually, early on, excuse me, in 72. Uh, Cesar Maniago wasn't like the starting goalie all the time. It was kind of two goalies at that point in time. Worsley was good in the early 70s as well. Uh, late 70s, early 80s, Don Borpe as well was good. Pretty much the 80s, actually. And John Casey, late 80s and early 90s. And on the North Stars uh, last season, along the way, <laughs> was a pretty good goalie as well. He had the highest save percentage along the way. We'll talk about those guys later. This this show, we're going to talk about Maniago, who overall just one of the one of the legends of the North Stars back in the day. He's a legendary uh, 70s goalie for the North Stars, at least up until 1976. He is 75 years old now, by the way. Uh, wrapped up his career in 1977-78 with the Vancouver Canucks at age 39 <laughs> with a goals against average of, well, slightly over four, unfortunately. Uh, played about half the games that year. Was only 10-24 and 24 on a not very good Vancouver Canucks team. Because the Canucks just weren't very good back in those days. You never, you never heard about the Vancouver Canucks in the late 70s or really much of the 80s along the way there. Um, with the exception of a couple of runs, but mostly Vancouver didn't really start to become a factor until a couple years into the 90s when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals against the New York Rangers, but again, I'm getting off track already. I'm all over the place, and I apologize. Uh, Cesar Maniago actually started his career as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs with a very limited time there, probably the third-string goalie, and then on to Montreal. This was 1960-61, on to Montreal, the New York Rangers for a couple of years before coming to Minnesota. <laughs> very, very cool to have him along the way. We acquired him at age, he was already 29 years old when he first came to Minnesota along that season. So Lauren Worsley was actually the main starter at that point in time. But Cesar Maniago just hung on, hung on, had some great games along the way. <laughs> had a 34 win season, or lost season actually, against the or for the North Stars back in 1969. So, But he still managed to have a good season. That's the funny part. Only one shutout that year, though. But back in uh, the original season, six shutouts that year. Five shutouts in 1970-71. Five shutouts in 72-73. And back then, folks, you got to factor in that that is extremely impressive because most goalies, goals against averages, we're in the threes, pretty much. The, the low threes, like the good ones, the decent ones, you know, we're in the low twos. So, again, you got to factor in that <laughs> these numbers are going to be higher in this point in time. Hockey was just higher scoring back then. The goalies had less equipment, all that good stuff. And, okay, I'm sure they were a little bit less athletic as well. Just kind of all kinds of stuff. Less tricks of the trade learned along the way. But Maniago got it done, so... That's about where we're going to stand right now. Nice to bring him up, even though I was too young to actually have seen him play. But thank God we can uh, do our research and get get to what we need to get to about these guys. Have some memories for those of you out there that maybe you do remember him or you're just kind of curious what players were along the way. Maybe Google Cesar Maniago to some YouTube, stuff like that. Unfortunately, never, uh, well, I, yeah, never got to see the Stanley Cup Finals. Got to the Conference Finals early on against the St. Louis Blues who went on to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost and never went back. So, 
that's old school, back in the late 60s there. Oh, <laughs> the men behind the mask, folks. The men behind the mask. That was back when they looked like Jason Voorhees with those white hockey masks, those white goalie masks. Cesar Maniago, very famous for that kick-ass-looking mask. Indeed, luckily he didn't have to pick up a chainsaw to be a pretty good goalie. So, anyhow, moving on very quickly here. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. I'm just losing my mind with some of this craziness. Um, Eric Halla got to play a bit in in Iowa, and he got, the, he got the job done. He got up to 27 points in only 31 games as a Iowa Wild over the course of the season. Just so productive at the minor league level. Just shows you how good he is and how ready he is for the NHL now. Um, he even got an assist this past week. He's only got five points on the year, but again, the continued improvement for Eric Halla is duly, very duly noted. Um, Zach Phillips has been improving a bit. He's now got 10 goals in, in Iowa, 26 points overall. Gotta like what he's been doing there. Uh, Connolly has been traded. He was the leading scorer from the Chicago, or yeah, traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. He's now been traded. And, and the Wild acquired Brad Winchester, who is a left winger from the Chicago Blackhawks system. Not the most exciting trade in the history of the world, but he now leads the Iowa Wild in scoring. Um, or at least the, you know, he's in AHL scoring. He's the leading uh, scorer <laughs> at this league level, anyway. He's not been doing it for Iowa, but you get the idea. He's the most productive so far. So welcome aboard, Brad Winchester. We'll see where that goes. Probably a career minor leaguer, maybe with some occasional call-ups. Stephen Kampfer was called up briefly, sent back down, and now has 19 points in 50 games. He, he's okay. He's not knocking anyone's socks off, but he's, uh, you know, I'm... I mean, I like him. I'm kind of surprised he never got called up yet. I've always kind of liked him. He had some brief time with the Wild when he first got here and went down to Iowa, or Houston originally, now Iowa, and um, hasn't really been on the Wild since. So the improvement by Zach Phillips, the extremely strong play by Eric Halla, really the, uh, the major news for the Iowa Wild, and of course Brad Winchester, the arrival of him along the way. 16 goals, 14 assists in that Chicago system over there. So there you go. There's your new leading scorer, and it's a wing and not a defenseman now. <laughs> so there you go. That's your Iowa Wild wrap-up. Uh, I want to say, I want to thank all of you for listening. God bless you. Those of you that have been, apologize that this is probably not the sharpest, best show I've ever done. But at the same time, I'm giving you what I can do. I'm doing, I'm going to give you, <laughs> I'm going to give you a good effort every time I come on this air. And I just want to say how much I appreciate you. And I will be feeling better. I'll be healthier next time around. I wanted to get this show done today. I wanted to talk about Darcy Kemper, how well he'd been playing. wanted to talk about how important it is that those lines stay together. Maybe Cueva goes to second, Coyle to third. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to get real interesting. We'll get to that in the next show. i got to go drink some cough syrup, guys. Take care. We'll be back next week. <laughs>